This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Third, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. You have not entered a time warp. It is Tuesday, not Thursday, despite the presence of the dynamic duo. Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter are here. There is so much recruiting content. They've done so much work on the road. We will not be able to fit it in one show. We had to spread it out over two this week. Guess what? We are not increasing the price of this free podcast. Bill, Mark, welcome. These guys have been out on the road. This is kind of becoming a theme here. Their marriages are suffering and our content is better. Bill, let's start with last night. It's the big reason we are doing this. It was the seven-on-seven big man challenge. Fairfield High School near Cincinnati. You hit the road for that, and it was an interesting uh, adventure, as it were, in terms of who was there. There were 30 Division One players there, but some we didn't expect, some we expected. Take us through your evening. We will give you the floor here, and then as we go through these recruits, Mark can weigh in what he thinks of these guys as well, but it was a star-studded affair, even from an Ohio State recruiting perspective. Now, first of all, Mark, I want to know why you weren't there. You're never on the road anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I say that facetiously. I'm not sure Mark ever gets off the road. Uh, the guy lives out of his suitcase this month with all the new stuff going on. Uh, but I just, um, I just drove the doors off my truck. <laughs> yeah, Mark, uh, Mark has, is getting a new vehicle because he drove the old one so many miles. But, yeah. Uh, 
anyway, he uh, will have plenty of comments on the guys I'm going to talk about. And as you mentioned, Dan, that was an adventure. You know, at, at 2.30, I'm packing up and getting ready to leave for Fairfield. And then uh, I found out uh, one of the players I really wanted to see, Luca Gilbert, uh, and his teammate, uh, Tehran Benny Powell, both from Lakota West High School, let me know that they're not playing in the seven on seven at Fairfield. And not only are they not playing, their teams aren't playing. Um, they had to cancel out um, on Monday because of exams. So I find out then that uh, actually they're going to play on Wednesday. And Cincinnati Winton Woods is going to be at the one they're at on Wednesday. So I'm thinking, well, may maybe I'll go ahead and go down to that one on Wednesday instead of Fairfield last night. Then, uh, so I'm ready to cancel out on that. And right at three o'clock when I was supposed to leave, I, I find out that, well, there is a replacement for Lakota West last night. Just happens to be Cincinnati Withrow, who is ultra talented. They have Chris Henry, of course, the 2026 wide receiver. Um, uh, Terrian Nichols, the 2024 cornerback the Buckeyes have offered. Uh, Callie Jones, who is the head coach at Withrow, he gets together a group. He gets invited uh, late Monday morning, and, and kudos to Callie Jones, the, the coach. He puts together a group, and he's going to have them down participating in the Fairfield. So all of a sudden now I'm back on. I'm hurrying and rushing to get to get in my car, get everything ready to go so I can get out of, uh, out of Columbus, and it's 10 after 3, and – uh, went ahead and went back, went down to Fairfield, and it was well worth it. There were eight teams there. There was approximately thirty Division One guys on the field. There were college coaches: Tim Walton from Ohio State, Kerry Combs from Cincinnati, Rutgers was there, and, and I could go on. Uh, but it was a really good event last night. Uh, um, I, you know, I. I it was kind of hard picking out the guys that stood out because there were so many great players there, but. You know, when, when you've got Chris Henry on the field, it's kind of hard to start anywhere else. Just unbelievable talent. Uh, again, he plays for Cali Jones at Withrow. He's a 2026 wide receiver. And, you know, watching him, you know, he's dominating and he's the freshman on the field. The other guys are sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and he's dominating. Uh, everything that you could imagine that you would want in a wide receiver Justin Hill, linebacker from Cincinnati, Winton Woods, a 2025 guy. My goodness, does he look and play the part? He's the real deal as well. Uh, just a big linebacker that has great athleticism, range. Uh, he, he can do it all. He's a guy that High State offered uh, a little while back. I mentioned Tarion Nichols uh, back to Cincinnati Withrow. Really powerful-looking cornerback. Uh, runs extremely well. You know, basically he uh, locked down everybody he went against last night. He did give up one long touchdown pass. He had great coverage on the kid, but the kid made a spectacular catch. I don't know how he caught it, but uh, uh, Tarion Nichols is tremendous. A guy that really impressed me, though, last night, too, was uh, a 2025 kid from Mount Healthy, uh, Jameer Scott. He's an athlete, cornerback, safety, high stage recruiting as a cornerback safety. I was talking to um, the Mount Healthy coach, Coach Stevens, after, right after the 7-on-7 uh, uh, seven seven last night, 
and he mentioned that Michigan had just offered uh, uh -oh. Jameer Scott. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State is at some point, maybe in the near future, offers him. Like I said, Tim Walton was there last night. Jameer Scott is a really good player. Uh, went over to Anderson. Caden uh, uh, Pining, a tight end, really good-looking kid. Um, as soon as I got in there, I got there just in time, really. I got there at 5.15. And the, uh, the event started at 5.30. There were cars everywhere because there were so many schools participating. So it took me a little time to get out on the field and all. First play I see is Caden Pining. He's about a 6'4", 235-pound tight end at Anderson, catching a long pass in the corner of the end zone over the defensive back. I said, whoa, that's an impressive play for a 2025 tight end. Um, and then one other guy I got to mention, you don't see running backs do a lot in these type of things. Uh, they're seven on sevens. The receivers get most of the uh, attention. But there's a young man at Winton Woods uh, named Isaiah Garrett. We've talked about him before. He's a 2027 running back. Uh, Michigan has already offered him. I don't usually cover kids that early. But, uh, you know, just passing the look test, again, you don't do a lot as a running back with these things. But the kid does not look like an eighth grader, not at said. all. And one of the plays, he came out of the backfield kind of on a, uh, a circle route and goes deep on it. And the kid is just – the quarterback didn't see him on the play, but the, the, the kid is just running by the man that's trying to guard him. And I'm thinking, this is an eighth grader going against ninth, tenth, and eleventh, and twelfth graders. You know, Isaiah Garrett, you know, you know, keep an eye on him. There's a reason there's been so much uh, – Ballyhoo about him at such an early time, he's going to be a really, really good one. And again, he's a freshman to be at Cincinnati Winton Woods. Mark, the guys that he mentioned who jumps out at you, I will say this, having getting to know the Dean as I have over the last oh, 45 years or so, I digress, <laughs> I kid. I have not heard him talk about a prospect that I can remember this young, like Chris Henry. Um, there's a certain difference in the tone of Bill's voice, which uh, I take as gospel because Bill's very authentic. So I'm already assuming Chris Henry is going to be, I'm trying to think back to the best receivers we had in the state of Ohio. Um, he feels to me like he's a, he's going to be in the, uh, if he's a freshman now, he's going to be approaching Mount Rushmore status by the, by the end. So maybe talk a little bit about Chris and the rest of the dudes he, he addressed. Yeah, a lot to take in here. First of all, being on the road, my marriage has never been better. Uh -huh. I think the, the longer you go away, the better it gets. I, I was going to say, that may be a sign, but go man, ahead. I don't know what that means. I might have to talk to someone about that. My, my yard, on the other hand, has never looked worse. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, when, if you had when, to choose, go with the marriage. Yeah, so, yeah, that's good yard bad. Uh, okay, so starting with, you know, I just went to Cincinnati and watched a lot of these prospects Bill just saw, and I got excited about some. And to see Bill go and have his own eyes there without me and see something totally different and come back with the same report, yep. that's like a staff meeting and saying, hey, what did you see? What and when it syncs up, you know the arrows are starting to align. Now, I hate anointing players. We just said a couple, you know, podcasts ago, no more Marshawn Lattimore comparisons, no more. And then we did it again. You know, like, 
you really you hate to put that pressure on a kid. Not that you know they're going to watch this podcast and think they're the next coming of, but just for the fans and the respect of four star rankings, you hate to get guys, and especially early on, give them this type of praise. But Chris Henry, wow. I mean, I put in the video we did last week, little Randy Moss, you know, like I didn't want to say that lightly, but yeah, you see the the frame and the twitch and the, just the mannerisms. And sometimes maybe just the mannerisms of how they run remind you of a great player and maybe they never reach that, but how they move, how they move, but he does get out and run. I mean, when, Terion Nichols is your teammate, and on that video, you turn and run on a go route, and Terion Nichols was one of the top seven in the state in the 100 last year, I believe, and he's not running with Chris Henry once he opens up that big stride. I mean, Chris Henry gets out in front of him. So the speed is legitimate as a freshman in that size. So there's all these markers he's hitting early, and I know, you know, overhyping freshman or something, but Bill and I are on the same page with this kid. He's big time, and Maybe I should go back through my rankings and look at all the receivers. We could probably do a podcast on whatever. But I'm looking at Marvin Harrison and Alave and Garrett Wilson and thinking, boy, and Emeka, those guys coming out of high school, I was as crazy as anybody for. Chris Henry might be better. You know, just might be, might be. We're going to have him in the conversation of those guys. Let's let him do it. Even being in the conversation. Yeah. And, and last year he was at West Claremont. And they were a run-first offense. And I remember standing on the sidelines, and Pac-Man Jones is there because he's helping guide the kid and father the kid through this process. And they ran the ball just about every play. They threw him two little quick hitches or whatever. And, you know, he was largely a decoy, you know, last year as a freshman. So here's, here's another interesting. Perhaps they should have thrown it to him more as he transferred after the season. I, yeah, even if I'm running the wing tee, he's still getting 10 balls a game. I don't care if he's a running – yeah, like that, that type of talent. And I know he was young last year. Um, so here's another interesting aside for all the nerds out there is uh, Withrow has a brand new quarterback, Bill. He came over from Moeller. Uh, if you remember in the playoffs, Moeller benched their junior quarterback for a true freshman. Mm -hmm. uh, so I saw him last week, and I forget his name right now. And I was talking to him after this Withrow scrimmage, and I said – at that point, did you ever think, standing here right now, you'd be in a better situation with better receivers than you have at Moeller because he has better receivers at Withrow than he has at Moeller? And the, you know who's so happy about that? Chris Henry, because he has a legitimate quarterback to make him productive this year. So things may be sinking up there, and Callie Jones has done a great job bringing this program together. He's kind of brought life into it and got a lot of numbers out there and, you know, got the kids excited about recruiting and there's, there's going to be more prospects on this team. They might not be Ohio state caliber. Um, so that was a deep dive into Withrow. And I didn't even talk about Terry on Nichols or Terry Nichols that much. And he was a lockdown corner when I watched him and his speed is what does it. He can turn and run with the best of them. Uh, and I think early on Notre Dame and Michigan offered him before, you know, obviously Ohio state, he was only about 150 pounds when he registered on Scouting Ohio. He's up to about 180 now, 175. So he's more of a legitimate. He's got the bulk showing up in his shoulders and chest and stuff like that. So he's grown into his speed and his position. Uh, you, ahead, you know, Bill. Mark, you mentioned the the kids at Withrow uh, and Callie Jones, uh, Quentin Simmons, yes. uh, uh, athlete receiver. 
really good player. And Dewan Harris, a 2024 cornerback um, at, at Withrow, really, really good player that's really getting attention now. And and, and you and I both mentioned Callie Jones. Yeah, I listened to Callie Jones talk to those Withrow guys after that seven-on-seven, and uh you know, it's a, it's a culture and a brotherhood that they are developing there. All those kids, they look him in the eye and it's yes, sir, no, sir. And uh, Callie Jones is going to have that program where, uh, where you want that program to be. I was really, really impressed. Yeah, former Marines usually know how to bring out discipline in people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I have a feeling those kids are in good shape. So, uh, okay, Wynton Woods, a whole nother – you know, digression. Tremar Harris is a great receiver there, and I know you didn't talk about him, but he put on a show when I was watching. Justin Hill, okay, registers on Scouting Ohio. I think it was six two one ninety. Let's start talking about him in the same air as like the Sunny Styles and C.J. Hicks, because that's what he looks like when you see him in person. He's got that six four, two hundred twenty pound build on him, and he runs unbelievably well. Uh, he's one great highlight film away from. Everyone just falling in love with him the way Buckeye Nation, you know, kind of anoints a player every year, the player that's going to come in early and play. Boy, he, he could be that type of player, and he's got some time left here to develop. But the, the growth that he made from one year to the next is extraordinary, much like Luca Gilbert, who, you know, I wasn't there. But every year, the, the sophomore to junior year jump with a lot of these kids, Terry Nichols gaining the weight. Uh, you're really seeing it with some of these prospects. And then as you get over to Mount Healthy uh, – Javier Etheridge is a receiver over there, okay, and uh, he picked up – I think he just committed to Indiana. Yep. He is unbelievably fast, unbelievably quick. He is a slot receiver like no other. And uh, Jameer Scott had everything he could do to cover him because he was a smaller type of jitterbug type of receiver. And Jameer Scott's got some size to him. Uh, Jameer Scott may be a safety in the future. I know he's playing corner now, and he has corner skills – but I think they'd like him at safety to roll down and cover slot receivers and do stuff like that because he is a little bit bigger. But right now, a corner, he is definitely someone for a 2025 kid we need to keep an eye on. Uh, Coach Walton was there the day I watched him. But uh, that Etheridge kid, boy, he put on a show with his quickness and burst. So when we play Indiana a few years, if that name comes back up to haunt us, just remember and I saw it at a camp two or three years ago that he was dynamite. Uh Caden Pining, that tight end, uh, he's a great defensive end, too. He's both sides of the ball. I know coaches that are looking at him as a tight end and defensive end. I think tight end might be where he wants to play. Uh, And that's Cincinnati Anderson offense. If you're a receiver or tight end, you want to play in that because they get up to the ball and throw it. I mean, they're a hurry-up offense, high octane. I mean, zip the ball around. So there should be some great stats coming out of there. the, the eighth grade to be running back in Winton Woods, I got a chance to see him just like Bill a little bit. Unbelievable. I'm not going to anoint him yet. But that one, he hasn't shown it on a high school field yet. There's no anointing there. Uh, but, yeah, we will be keeping an eye on him. He does look good. Uh, but pump the brakes. We'll, we'll give him his props. Not, I can't put him in that Chris Henry thing yet and just say, yeah, it's – He's doing it against another Ohio State corner. You know, I practice every day and sharpening his blade. You know, one thing, we're talking about all these players, but the coaches down there, you got some really good coaches. That, you know, we, we've mentioned Callie Jones, uh, Chad Murphy at Winton Woods. It's a fantastic job he does down there. 
uh, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably forget somebody and, and I hate to do that, but uh, Taff was there last night, Tyler Williams and Taff didn't have Elias Rudolph, but uh, looks highly, highly like Elias Rudolph is coming back. But Tyler Williams at Taft, he has some really good players and Jason Krause at Fairfield and uh, say Anderson coach, you know, those schools down there. Evan Dreyer, yeah. Yeah, those schools down there, really good people running their programs and couldn't speak more highly of some of those coaches down there and what they're doing with those programs. And it's, yeah. across, it's, it's across, too. You've got public, you've got private. I mean, it's Cincinnati is – it's not the biggest city in the world, but school for school – it's about as good a high school football as you're going to get. Yeah, Tyler Williams was on the website not too long ago before he went to Cincinnati, and now he's a coach. I, it's fun seeing guys like that come back. And Chad Murphy has been hustling for his players for 10, 15 years. Ever since scouting Ohio started, wherever he's been at, Hamilton or before, he's been working. I mean, he really works for his kids. He's had me in to speak. Uh, guys like that seem to end up with prospects. I don't know how, but <laughs> – they just seem to know how to, to cultivate them and get them in the program and develop them. It just they, they've been doing it for years. Probably not much of a mystery how they get there, but uh, yeah. people, are, people are attracted to places that can develop them and, and results. Let's take a break here. We have hit the almost the 20 minute mark. We'll come back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. We paid some podcast bills there. Speaking of Indiana, Mark, um, it's a quick digression here. Trotwood quarterback Tim Carpenter has committed to the Hoosiers. Um, I don't think he ever really got in the mix for Ohio State in terms of 
whether it was an offer or not. But I will tell you this. There will be a time when we play Indiana at some point where we will be like, yikes. Because I really <laughs> think Tim Carpenter, from a long-term investment kind of kid, uh, I'm not going to say he's going to be an NFL quarterback, but nothing. I mean, that would not surprise me. I think he's got a ton of potential. And obviously at Ohio State, you can't take everybody. And there's tons of good quarterbacks. Good Lord, the number one quarterback in the country. Drew Aller is going to be Penn State's quarterback. And he's another Mike Yersich. And they just got the product. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, Penn State just picked up the uh, Grunkenmeyer kid out of Olentangy. So there's two in a row from Ohio. And I think on the last podcast, I just said Grunkenmeyer moved to my number one spot over Tim Carpenter. Uh, I, I, I talked to a college coach about this. I said, this recruiting thing, you know, and I don't mean to digress or get nerdy here, is a marathon. We know it's a marathon. And in high school, these kids are about halfway or maybe a third through the race. And we know who the leaders are. It's clearly Aaron Nolan right now. He's the leader. But there's kids down there in that pack like Tim Carpenter and guys that just haven't developed yet, maybe haven't hit their stride or got the right coaching, been in the right system. Uh, been disrespected enough. The motor. We know in three years the leaders of this race, they're going to be wrong, and there's going to be new leaders to the race. And then the NFL <laughs> is going to reshuffle that deck again because they're going to pick winners when they're only three quarters of the way through the race. And yes, that first round is the guys leading the race then with all the information available. But that first round's half wrong. Recruiting classes are half wrong, and it's players like Timothy Carpenter. And guys like that that were like, oh, they were close to being Ohio State, and then they developed the comeback and haunt you. Uh, but he is certainly a guy I would put in that bucket where, boy, is there upside left, and we haven't seen his best yet. And his best may be, okay, so, yeah, he never – it's hard to get on the Ohio State radar when Aaron Nolan and uh, the kid who just went to Georgia or, you know, the guys they are picking from. So, you know, Dan, Dan, Dan you mentioned you – mentioned, Go ahead. Let me, let me, let me, let me content, con, comment on this real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. I definitely agree with that. There's no question that at this point in time, the talent level, it's hard to like, you could, Tim Carpenter could ultimately, ultimately be more talented than Aaron Nolan. Here's the and, thing. And if you put a gun to Ohio state's head and said, you have to take Tim Carpenter because he's from Ohio, they might get what you're saying out of him. They might be able to, Finish the meat on the bone. Go ahead. Yeah. This is my point. Yes, that's true. But it's just like, um, and I'll use my own school as an example. I attended the University of Dayton and I got a good education. Had I attended Harvard and applied myself, I would have gotten a better education. The one good thing, and this is why I say, this is the reason I'm always, I'm pretty confident Ohio State is a routine, going to be a routine member in the college football playoff. They have a proven track record at developing quarterbacks to their the, the top of their potential, as it were. I don't think Indiana has proven that. Michael Penix transferred. The guys that come to Ohio State get into the best program, get the best treatment, throw to the best receivers, have the best teaching. It's not realistic to expect somebody of similar or even a little better talent to go to another place and beat them on a consistent basis. Now, can that be done? Sure. It's an individual by individual thing. But what makes Ohio State, Ohio State right now, in my opinion, is they're always going to have a quarterback with that talent in their program, which is proven. And that position is so important 
that while Tim Carpenter could ultimately be a better quarterback, I would be shocked if he's picked in the draft before Aaron Nolan and you go to college to get a job. So theoretically, I understand what everyone's saying, but just like receiver, it's been proven now. If you come to Ohio State with those skills and you apply yourself, you will be a better receiver than someone who goes to a school without that level of coaching. Now, you can always bring out the exception to every rule, and I get that. And like you said, you arrive somewhere at 18 and leave at 22 and a lot can change. But generally speaking, um, you go to college to get a job. And when the quarterbacks and wide receivers ultimately sit down at, for Ohio State, it's not the visit and the girl you got to take out on the visit. And so like, these guys that we're talking about, it is NIL and what you get paid in your NFL contract. And right now, at least, Ohio State has shown, at least on those two positions, guaranteed that they're going to be in the front of the pack. So quarterback-wise, this is why I'm very confident in the, in the group. Every single guy that's played quarterback under Ryan Day has been to the Heisman ceremony. That's not yeah. arguable. The Big Ten did not produce uh, first-run quarterbacks. Every quarterback that's played for him has been a, has been a uh, first-run quarterback. So we've made a hard, like, Blue Angel fan off into success here. So otherwise, I agree. Now, Drew Aller is going to be the experiment to me. If he goes to Penn State and he's the number one pick in the draft, we're going to have an issue. But until that point, I think you have a hard time arguing against Ohio State. I even think you'll see this when Dylan Riola goes to Georgia. Um, but I'm biased. And I think Timmy, Tim Carpenter is a unique prospect, and all are a unique prospect. Where maybe they weren't ready by their junior year when, when Ohio State was picking. You know, and, and, and there's only so many players that have that meat on the bone, let's say. You know, a lot of high school kids are done. There's a lot of quarterbacks on my list that I'd say, yeah, there's no chance he's going to develop more than he is. Where a Tim Carpenter used the word raw, and there's other prospects that are raw that, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But there's a, a small amount. There might be 10 prospects in Ohio that Ohio State should offer. And then there might be five or 10 every year where you're like, boy, those are the ones that may come back to haunt us. And I think that group is what we're talking about. And they show up other places and get drafted high, or even if they're in the MAC or whatever it happens, and you're never going to nail it. But Ohio State's group, like you said, it is always going to be solid. And it's just conversations and nerdy stuff like this where we geek out and say, which guys were the misses and was it a blinding mistake? And are the coaches dumb for not taking him and taking this guy? Was it obvious back then and they didn't see it? That's for, that's for podcasts. That's why we're here. Yeah. And quarterback yeah. is what it is now. I mean, I'm not talking about every position. I'm talking quarterback yeah. and basically wide receiver. So go ahead, Bill. Uh, I want to think, go back a little bit. Remember, we remember when Dylan Rayola decommitted from Ohio State and we're all kind of wondering, uh, who, who are they going to get to replace him? We all knew it was going to be somebody good. But I do remember that I had seen Carpenter at some event. I don't remember which one because we go to a lot of events. I had seen him at some event. I came away really pretty impressed with him. And that's before he had many scholarship offers. And then Mark saw him at an event. And he, he kind of said the same thing. I like this kid. He's got a lot of upside to him and all. Uh, and Dan had seen him play basketball. So all three of yeah. we were all syncing up. And I think what, what maybe I'll throw this out there is he maybe has a Cardell Jones or maybe a Terrell Pryor 
hybrid type of thing to him. You know, he's not either one of those guys, but he's got kind of the size. He's got kind of doesn't run like Terrell, but he runs better than Cardell. He doesn't uh, doesn't have the bad motion Terrell did, but he throws maybe a little better than Cardell. He's got a little more zip on it now. He's so better athlete than Cardell. Yeah, so there's there's things there where okay, so if those two were great Ohio State quarterbacks, and this kid could maybe mimic them somewhere in there. That's why we say, oh, maybe he's. That's why you brought him up today. Maybe in Indiana he comes back to haunt us, and that's why I pointed out that Javier Etheridge. You can't take that many five nine receivers. That's not Ohio State's thing, but hey, there's there's some guys like that that can scoot and they'll put points on the board, and hey, they function. Ohio State got a great one in Aaron Nolan, and, and he's going to be, a, I think, a great quarterback for Ohio State. But I think uh, Tim Carpenter is going to be a good quarterback from Indiana. You can have both. I'll take Grunk and Meyer, too. Or, yeah, I mean, I, I think after what, the way he was zipping the ball last week, I, boy, it, it's Drew Aller and him were two steals. They, they nailed it. I got, I got a message from a, uh, a recruiter from a Big Ten school several weeks ago. And this school is is looking at several quarterbacks in Ohio, and they liked Grunkenmeyer, and they said to me, "But he's probably going to Penn State, isn't he?" And I said, "Yeah, probably." But you know, Grunkenmeyer in the last month or so is blowing up, and uh, you know, he had a lot of a lot of Big Ten, a number of Big Ten schools that really liked him, and. And like I said, one one coach at, at a Big Ten school was pretty disappointed that they, they they knew he was probably going to go to Penn State. He had all he had all Mac offers forever. Like every school in the Mac, he looked like the the prize of the Mac. And then he put on about twenty pounds, and that ball started zipping out of his hand. The arm strength showed up. He was working with Brad Melander, that quarterback coach that worked with Drew Aller. Uh, yeah, it, it all kind of came together for him. And, hey, he he was a kid that was in the middle of the pack of the marathon. And all of a sudden now he's up in the top ten out of nowhere. Anytime you're dealing with human beings, especially young ones, a lot of variables. Um, if it was this easy to pick out a quarterback, believe me, the track no. record for recruiters would be better. It is very, very difficult. We haven't even – we're, we're just really kind of going over their physical. It's a lot of pressure to be a quarterback in a high school, pro, uh, college, big time college program, man. Especially now, as the sport has gotten more and more professionalized, and people's patience for your mistakes will not be there when you're cashing checks. All right, let's try and take some of these questions here. Got some good ones. Excuse me for doing this. I had one up here. I just had a quarterback coach tell me that before the season and the off season, they named the quarterback the starter. And then your point, that short leash and that pressure, when the quarterback doesn't know he's the starter, every mistake he makes just adds to his, you know, pressure and the, his frame of mind. Where if you know you're the starter and you airmail one or you throw it in the dirt or you blow a read, you hop back in the huddle, you tap the guys on the button, say, hey, guys, I got it, let's go. And, and it doesn't phase you. But when you blow a few throws and you get back in that huddle and everyone's looking at like, are you the starter? Are you not the starter? Or is this what you're going to do in a game? Boy, I mean, talk about a tough position. It's it's really – There's a reason they say if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. There you go. You know what I'm saying? It's not an easy position. Yeah, and then that, that fake blessing they you know, with these rookie quarterbacks. Oh, we're going to name him a starter week one. So he knows he's the guy and he can go out there and just play. That's a freeing feeling, and that's kind of what you need to do. But, whoa. 
So I had, I had the good fortune of spending the early part of my career, some of it covering the NFL. <clears throat> the players on the team know immediately, immediately, whether you can play or not. I have a feeling I've told the story on the show before. It's a quick one, but it, it has a, a subject I think you will all enjoy. I happened to be in the Washington, D.C. area around their professional football team. After they won the Super Bowl, they drafted I don't know if anyone remembers this. I think they had the sixth pick in the draft. They drafted Heisman Trophy winner Desmond Howard. On the very first day of practice, a certain defensive back walked off the field and told a certain person I know, can't play. And he said, what do you mean? He's like, you can't play. He said, you've had one practice. He said, Desmond Howard cannot play wide receiver in the NFL. And he couldn't. He's like, he can't get off the jam. One practice, one defensive back got up against him and was like, can't do it. Now, I got to give Desmond credit. He did end up being the MVP of the Super Bowl for being a return specialist, but didn't start out great. And this is what you get when you're at St. Joe's and you make a terrible decision like that to go to Michigan. I will say this. I also live with a guy in college who went to high school with Desmond and played football and Desmond wore a red Jersey as a running back. And so that's preposterous. Okay. This guy's names come up. Let's talk quarterbacks Ann Arbor Buckeye, Bryce Underwood, Belleville, Michigan, Bill. How good. He's really good. I saw him a, a few weeks ago at uh, Fortress Obits uh, outside of Columbus here. And boy, he's really good. I mean, He's a six foot, approximately six foot three kid that is long, looks longer than maybe even his height would, would indicate. He's a little thin right now, but uh, that'll come. And the ball zips off his hand. I mean, he, he throws some lasers. Um, the High State has only offered two quarterbacks in the 2025 class. He's one of them. Underwood is, is one of their offers. And then, of course, Ryan Montgomery. So, uh I don't think you go wrong with either run myself. Ryan Montgomery is really physically developing. Yeah, Bill, there's a question on here. Are they going to get Ryan Montgomery too? So you can just piggyback right into that. Well, yeah. I, Ryan Montgomery and his family are doing their homework as they should. And Ohio State continues to do their homework on the quarterbacks in that class. They're racking up some frequent flyer miles, Bill. Yeah, they, they only, they've only offered two. And uh, I have Ryan uh crystal ball to ohio state right now but that's not it's not one of those where i know for a fact uh somebody's going to ohio state uh, you know some of my crystal ball picks i know they've already committed or whatever silently but that's not one of the this is not one of the cases they're doing their homework i think he could end up at ohio state absolutely but uh you know i, I don't think there's any guarantee by any means that uh ryan montgomery is going to be a buckeye nor Bryce Underwood of where he's going for that matter. You know, the, the schools are doing their homework, including Ohio State, and these guys are doing their own homework as they go visit schools. As you mentioned, Ryan Montgomery, you got the frequent fire Myers that, miles said, there. I saw he had an offer from Washington, and he was offered on campus. Yep. Who's been to Seattle? Good luck. <laughs> Went out there a few weekends ago, he and his dad. That's nuts. Good for him. Uh so uh, we have a lineman video coming up, but the next video is the Ryan Montgomery video because I stood there and watched him probably throw 100 balls, and I think I filmed 60 or 70 to the point where I got tired of filming throws. Uh, the good news is 
yeah, he has improved. We started. I I saw him as an eighth grade at the Toledo camp. Uh, he was in the worst quarterback group. They put the best guys on this field, and he was so young. He was with the worst quarterback group. Although he was an eighth grader, he was thrown with high school kids. But uh, watching him develop over the past two years, he looks great now. Uh, when we see the film, we're going to want him to be a Buckeye. Uh, the Penn State coach, uh, Yurchich, was there to watch him throw last week. He pretty much stood in his hip pocket the whole time. His quarterback trainer just sent him Drew Aller, just sent him Grunkenmeyer. Uh, be aware that he's going to send him to Penn State. Hold on a sec. You said yeah. quarterback trainer. Are you saying that Drew Aller and Ethan Grunkenmeyer? And Ryan Montgomery share the same trainer that is in tight with Penn State. That's so, right. yeah, we're not going to drop names or blame anybody, but good for those kids. Good for the, you know, that. But there's a relationship there where, Bing, 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 three years in a row. This guy's been training some of the top quarterbacks in Ohio. And, you know, when, when Penn State's there, you know, at the Finley workout for two hours watching every throw, you start connecting dots. Um, does that mean anything? No. Like Bill said, you know, I've got him crystal balled. He's good enough for Ohio State. But there is a lot of meat on that bone to be chewed over the next year or so or even two years. So watch out for that. And if he's visiting all these places, that is some due diligence. Good for them. I, I think every kid should you know, get out there and do that type of stuff, no matter what kind of recruit you are, even if you're just going to Tiff and Finley, Ohio Dominican and, you know, places like that, Ashland. So oh, a lot yeah. there. Yeah. But I think when we see the film of him next week, we're all going to be really impressed. And I know Bill seen him play basketball and do other things. He's just a great all around athlete. So things are coming to fruition. Take From a great say, family, I might add. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, we yeah. Know this. I hate to say this, but just like it's smart, I think now for, as we've talked about for coaches, you better not burn any bridges with any recruits, given the fact that they might be coming around in the transfer portal. Going and take a look at Washington and, you know, some other schools. If he doesn't like it at X school in a few years, he's already visited Washington. He got to, you know, better lay of the land there. So it's a carnivorous leverage-based business. I don't blame him whatsoever. Okay, question. You know, and a little nugget on his uh, brother. I saw talked to an offensive line coach that said he watched him at spring ball. He was down at one of the practices and said, for a freshman in his first, you know, whatever, he said he looked great. He said he fit right in. So yeah. I got a positive report out of that out of the Finley camp. Strong. Chris Glover was not able to get his question answer, answered last time we were on. You can each <coughs> address this. Excuse me. What is the strength of the 2025 class in the state of Ohio? Uh, well, certainly running back is one of the strengths. You've got Bo Jackson uh, at Cleveland St. Joe. High State's offered him really good player. You got Marquise Davis at Cleveland Heights, who used to he used to be at Glenville. Started his high school career at Glenville. High State's offered both of those guys. Uh, an athlete, Dorian Brew uh, mm -hmm. from Clayton. Northmont, he is really talented kid who I think is going to end up at Ohio State or Notre Dame. You know, I don't know which one, but I think those are the two leaders right now. So, you know, I would start with those guys uh, um, kind of at the top of the list, so to speak. But uh, uh, Ohio's going to have a pretty good, it's a very good 2024 class. And they're going to have a pretty good 2025 class. And I know Mark is looking at his 
list there. So I'll let you go ahead and continue on from where I've started. Yeah, when the by the nature of that question, I think what they're asking is, is there like a double up at a position where we got two or three quarterbacks and we're going to have to choose one or two or three running backs and we're going to have to choose one? At the top of my list now, and it's it's always early, it, it's, there's a lot of balance. Like Carter Lowe's a top lineman, but I don't see a bunch of other linemen on his heels right now that, you know, Ohio State would have to get in on. Uh, Hayden St. Clair and Ryan Montgomery are the quarterbacks, even throwing Jamison Nitna, the, you know, John Nitna's son at uh, Lakota East. He's an interesting prospect with early offers. Uh, so maybe three quarterbacks, Bo Jackson. Uh, Trey McNutt is an athlete receiver, you know, defensive back at uh, – Shaker Heights, Ohio State's offered. So, you know, that's an interesting fit. If, you know, I don't see too many other safeties. Jameer Scott or is a corner safety. Um, Caden Pining. Uh, yeah, Nolan Davenport may be the best tight end out of Massillon, but he's kind of a two-way throwback tight end, you know, which Ohio State's been interested in those types, but he's not there yet. Uh, has a bunch of maybe lower Big Ten offers now. Uh, Dorian Brews, another receiver, but I'm not seeing a real double up at a position where, yeah, there are five great offense, like this last class with the, the offensive linemen that we have in Ohio. There's probably five or six or seven that Ohio State really had to thumb through when you consider Roebuck, Luke Hamilton, Satterwhite, yeah. uh, the twins down at CHCA. I mean, there's some good kids where you're like, man, these are close. It's harder when they're younger, but I don't see as many close calls on my list yet. Uh, I would say, answering it that way, I would say Preston Bowman, yeah, running back and quarter quarterback, running back and quarterback right now would be the 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 top two areas right now when I look at the 2025 class because you've got you've already got at this early point multiple guys at those two positions that Ohio State is either offered or seriously looking at at quarterback. It's Montgomery and Saint Clair, and I mentioned the two running backs and all so. Looking at it that way, those would be the two positions that stand out to me right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's tougher as they're younger, but this summer and next season, I'm sure, ask us that in the fall, and we'll start saying, yeah, here are the three linemen that are really, ugh, they, they look great. Okay, I'm going to address this to finish the show here, and I may actually cut and paste this to finish every single show we do until signing day. Jeremiah Smith will commit to Ohio State if Brian Hartline is still at Ohio State, okay? So unless Brian Hartline leaves, okay, don't worry about it. Now, you're going to hear some major momentum for Georgia because it's Georgia and they're the flavor of the month, etc. Just remember that the draft is what these kids come for here, okay? They don't come here for the color of the jersey, all right? They come here because a guy got hurt last year and was supposed to be the number one receiver in the country, and the guy who stepped into his spot was the number one receiver in the country. When they go look at the rankings for this year, the number one receiver of the country in the country is from Ohio State. The number two receiver in the country is from Ohio State, okay? It's not a fluke. So, And I get it. Um, it's hard to see these guys go other places and visit and put that stuff up. But if Brian Hartline's here, Jeremiah Smith will be here. So that means the Bucknutter should be here. And that means Bill and Mark will be here and it'll be one big happy family. We appreciate everybody stopping by. This show was way too long for Marconi standards. 
and they'll be <laughs> back on Thursday. More of these guys, and you can shake a stick yet. Have a good one, Buck Nutters. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.